you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. On the latest edition of the Around the NFL podcast, we do our very special episode, Go Get My Lunch Props, where we make predictions and challenge each other uh, on our football acumen. How exciting is that? Then we break down the season opener between the Broncos and Panthers. It's all happening, people. Check out the Around the NFL podcast on NFL.com slash podcast, iTunes, or your favorite podcast. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am James Coe, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? What up? Uh, the Franchito, the franchise, the magical beard of fantasy. Hey, hey. Matt Franciscovich. What's going on? Uh, West Virginia native, uh, wide receiver, prognosticator, uh, many titles under his belt. Matt Harmon, what's going on, pal? Hey, fellas. <laughs> that was so unenthusiastic. Hey, womp, I did, womp womp. I, did, I didn't mean for it to be, but it did kind of. Hey, fellas. Hey, uh, hey Very Eeyore of you. Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, and then, of course, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. Yo. Cracking, pal. I'm excited to be here. Football is back. Oh, God, it's so exciting. It is so exciting to be talking about the real game. It is wonderful. We're going to be talking about Thursday night. We're going to give you a high profile. We're going to be talking about high profile guys. Um that a lot of you folks out there on Twitter are worried about, man, starting in week one. We just finished drafts, and people are worried about benching their starters right now. Uh, we'll also talk about some, on the flip side of that, low-profile guys that were maybe considering starting ahead of those starters uh, there in week one. And then we'll give you a full breakdown of, of the best and worst matchups uh, going into Sunday and Monday as well. But we shall start with Top Headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. I always forget to do this at the top of the show, but I need to remind folks 
NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start a seven-day free trial. Go get it. Replays I mean, during the regular season. There's a logical segue here is that, man, maybe you were busy, missed the True. game last night. Boom. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass. You can watch Boom. that thing there right was, now. There was a game last night? Watch, watch the, the whole thing in half an hour. Watch the condensed version. Watch that coach's tape. Oh, you know, the coach's tape is the best. Start charting the wide receivers. Show Matt Harmon who's boss. <laughs> <laughs> NFL.com slash Game Pass. Please, please don't do that. <laughs> uh, I think you should start charting safety play so we could get uh, solid IDP information. Yes, that's that's what the people want. That's what the people want. That's I, what the people need. I could use a good uh, cornerback counterpart. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, by Ooh, the way, that'd be an interesting segment. We got one game under our belt. Hallelujah! But it's not too late to sign up to play fantasy football. Right, NFL.com slash fantasy. Right, exactly. I mean, come on, CJ Anderson, Cam Newton, who cares, Campbell Benjamin. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> NFL.com slash fantasy to start your campaign today. Remember, NFL.com slash Game Pass to start that seven-day free trial. And, of course, uh, seven days free? Are you? I mean, come on. This is great timing today to sign up because you get Thursday games and then you're going to get Sunday's games as well. Yep. yep. Seven-day free trial. Do it today, NFL.com slash Game Pass. All right. Top headline. Uh, resides out of Seattle slash Oakland. Uh, Mike Florio, per Pro Football Talk, threw out a wild, crazy report last night that Marshawn Lynch is considering a return to football. And he could be targeting a week four or five return. MG? No. <laughs> yes, well, I actually, that. no. Uh, yeah, no. I, uh, and then, uh, and then, actually, uh, I was off of Twitter last night, but uh, MG, you filled me in on some Marshawn news this morning. Yeah, um, Mike Michael Robinson, who obviously does some stuff here at the network, and was a teammate of Marshawn Lynch. He's buddy buddy with Sean. Definitely buddy buddy with uh, with Beast Mode. Uh, talk to him. And he put a little something out on Periscope today, which has been picked up and retweeted. And the key quote from it, and I will read it as, uh, as transcribed by Ian Rappaport. I called Beast Mode. Record this, everybody. Marshawn Lynch is retired. He told me from his own mouth. There it is. That's it. Well, Bro, I've been here the whole time. Oh, good time. <laughs> as uh, in retired the yeah, whole time. exactly. Whole time. <laughs> now, okay, but to be fair, though, to Mike Florio, like if Marshawn says today – he is retired. That doesn't necessarily. He didn't necessarily say, "I'm never coming back." Now, I think Marshawn's just an agent of chaos at this point. Pretty much. Like, and like he's it. and he's enjoying trolling the whole NFL and fan bases. Like, hundred percent. Why it's else amazing. would he throw up his uh, cleats on the, the telephone wire thing right at kickoff of the Super Bowl? <laughs> why else, right before kickoff of the next season, <laughs> would he slip to Mike Florio? Yo, bro, I might be coming back. He's just messing with everybody. <laughs> uh, he wasn't even like at the beginning of the Super Bowl. It was like in the apex of it when it's like, oh, God, this is getting so bad. Right? Wasn't it in the middle of the Super Bowl? Anymore? I thought it was right at the beginning. I don't remember. I don't know. Dude, that was like I remember the picture. The picture was so awesome. The picture was awesome. Anyways, whatever. Look, fantasy-wise, I don't think it makes – there's no, don't go, don't go pick him up just in case or whatever. Just yeah. don't. Don't. Don't do it. Don't. Uh, Leave him be. He's chilling. You just chill too. Beast is chilling, bro. He's going to be on Running Wild with Bear Grylls, though. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Yeah. I need, L- I need looking some forward of that. to that. I need some of that. Yeah. I need some of that in my life. Um, let's go to New England. Gronk says he's a, quote, game time decision. Uh, tells reporters that he's, uh, again, quote, not 100%. And says Sunday versus the Arizona Cardinals, he will be a coach's decision. Whoa. 
if you're a Gronk owner, that is not what you want to hear. Not good. Anyone else think this is just Gronk being like, yeah, I'm just going to chill till Brady gets back? I don't think Sorry, so. Sorry, guys. I, no. I, think, I think this is really that Gronk wants to play. And Gronk want to play. I mean, he's kind of already pushed this thing off on the coaches and team doctors. He's already given an out, a scapegoat, in case he doesn't play. The, so the reason I think it's not that, what you're saying, franchise, is the fact that remember when they had that joint practice with the Bears and he, quote-unquote, pulled up? Oh. And then he got yeah. uh, he, the the trainers were looking on at looking at him, and then he uh, yeah uh, you know got his hamstring treated for the next couple weeks. He still he says he's still recovering from his hamstring, um, and knowing his look, I know that he played the full sixteen the last two seasons. Yeah, but prior to that, he's had a long injury history. I I would imagine he wants to stay healthy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. Uh, if if Martellus Bennett is out there, which I doubt. Yeah, come on. Which I doubt. He if is, he's there, go get him. He is currently owned in about fifty-five percent of NFL.com leagues. And you know, those saw, other those other forty-five are probably just not active. Well, here here's or the other thing. Cat. I will say or this on in other on other sites, he is at seventy percent on one other site, and then he's at eighty-seven percent on another site. Hmm. Uh, so he's most likely gone in competitive. So I will say, yeah, because if you have Gronk at some point you need to at least start considering having another option just yeah. because Gronk's a Sunday night game, so that yeah. doesn't leave oh, you with a whole lot of choices. Yeah. So True. if you want to go early, and we talk about this uh, in case you, you know, didn't catch it, today's uh, Friday's NFL Fantasy Live, we kind of talk about that at the start of the show. If you're willing to go early, uh, I'm just looking at some of the ownership percentages on NFL.com. Jared Cook is at 21%. Uh, you know, Eric Ebron is at 7%. God, I like the Ebron um, play. You know, so those are a couple guys you can maybe get a little bit earlier in the week if you just don't want to really risk it. Yeah. Uh, if you wait until later, a guy that I like, who's at 3.7%. Okay. Vance McDonald. Oh, yeah. we're going danger zone now. And he goes we go. uh, Monday night, Because right? he's yeah. the last so game. He's literally the last game of the week. They're the late game on Monday right. night. So if you want to wait, if you want to wait, um, you know, Vance McDonald, I think, is a sneaky can, option. Can I throw out another one? Please. Yeah. I wrote about him for Deep Dive this week. Jesse James. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, another, he's another name that gets mentioned. Darius yeah. Green's on the pup. Uh, Heath Miller was a, was a, a good, like, got a healthy amount of targets back in the day, even when Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger were yeah. there. Not a sexy pickup, no. but no. with the questions everywhere else in that in a game that could, you know, turn into a shootout. Absolutely. Jesse James is a great one because then both those guys, like you said, Marcus, Monday night ones, if Gronk is all of a sudden out last minute, boom, pull him out. You've got one or two options to throw yeah, into your line. I like yep. it. I, I like Jesse, the Jesse James call, and I, and I love the Vance McDonald pick too. Jesse James is six seven. The Steelers do not have another real like big wide receiver that's established himself. Marcus Wheat that's a good is point. highly questionable for Monday night. Uh, so you're pretty much looking at a wait clear- injury wise, or just saying highly questionable as a start. Well, both. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but he is he's he's pretty he's questionable right now. Oh, okay. on the actual injury report. I but, missed that this morning. But yeah, yeah, it just it just came across the wire. I think so. Yeah, he could be the big red zone target either way, but also, yeah, like we know Sammy Coates has not established himself, so it's probably going to be uh, Jesse James inside the 20s. Hey, going back to the whole Vance McDonald thing, Chip Kelly has a pretty good history uh, of getting his tight ends involved. I thought we saw pretty good uh, chemistry between uh, Blaine Gabbert and Vance McDonald at the end of last year. Yep. Uh, there's a lot to like well, there. And that yeah. part is a, a big reason that I'm you know really advocating for him if you need a tight end because – I mean, look, the first seven games of last year, Vance McDonald averaged about two targets per game. Right. Last seven games of the year when Gabbard had taken over as the quarterback, it went up to five targets per game. And we saw a lot of him in the preseason as well. So, you know, look, there are a lot of factors, I think, kind of, 
piling on that make McDonald uh, an option to, to look at this week. I like it. I absolutely like it. All right. How about in Kansas City? Jamal Charles now looking like he is doubtful. Uh, Spencer Ware should get the start, although Andy Reid being Andy Reid being very elusive about the uh, the workload split in the backfield. Um, man, uh, again, this is a big blow to fantasy managers who invested a late second round, maybe even an early second round pick on Jamal Charles. If you've got Jamal, um, I'm assuming Spencer Ware is gone. You know, I, I take that back, actually. I take that back because in a lot of leagues, people didn't know about Spencer Ware. Uh, he was going undrafted in a lot of leagues, mm-hmm. although in more recent drafts, we started seeing uh, ownership percentage for Spencer Ware go up considerably. So, uh, if you have Jamal Charles, what do you do? Well, nope. let's mean, assume Spencer shrug. Ware is not there. Yeah. Oh, can I say this, too? Uh, we talk about the, the backfield share. Like, I get that everyone is excited about Spencer Ware, I, and I'm one of those guys, man. I, I've got Spencer Ware as a top ten running back um, in fantasy in week one because the Chargers are just atrocious. Uh, defensively, especially against the run. But Charkandrick West, remember, was the guy when Jamal Charles went down first last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I got it. And, and the reason that Spencer Ware got so many of the first-team reps is because Charkandrick hurt his elbow during a preseason game, a game, by the way, that he started. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm just – I'm throwing it out there. I, I know it. it's not – again, we talk about it not being sexy or whatever, but – Hey, Charkandrick West, he's he's available in almost every single league. I think West yeah. is going to have a role, at least maybe a little more as a pass catcher, but Ware seems like everything we've heard out of there and seen and what they both put on tape last year, Ware, Ware should be the guy getting the touches. And if he's not, then perhaps the Chiefs know something we don't or just looked past how good Spencer Ware was last year. Right. Yeah, West uh, was ahead of Ware on the depth chart as the number two this week, but I think we should probably just stop paying so much attention to depth. They're still all listed as unofficial, right? Yeah. And and those all get put together by like interns, and stuff, right? Which you know, no offense to interns, but except, you're not the head coach, except for the Seahawks depth chart where C woke is listed as the RB. Uh, <laughs> right, so <laughs> that's official. Well, I also, I mean, I do that's think official, like baby. when when that's official, baby. Every piece of news from the. Uh, off-season goes counter to what the depth chart says, right. then we should probably ignore the depth chart in favor of everything that we've right. heard before. Which I like we, it. You know, that that goes in line. Both of your right. things there go in line. But yes. Just had to get the Seawoke mentioned. Yeah. But anyways, my, 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 <laughs> I agree with you. I think that West is going to figure into the equation, though, because he is he's a talented player, too. They gave them both extensions this offseason. We're so early in, in the year, obviously, week one, uh, that if you drafted Jamal Charles, obviously it's devastating because, you, again, you spent just such an early round draft pick. And what a beautiful matchup this is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. San Diego, what a great matchup. But I'm assuming you've got somebody on your bench. Uh, if you don't, uh, you probably had one of the worst drafts uh, well, in the history. Of- and even if, if you drafted Jamal Charles, this has been coming for the last week or so. I mean, there has been talk that he wasn't going. I, I, look, when I first heard this news, I was just thinking, I'm just glad Andy Reid caught up to where we've all been for the last week. Mm. Um, because Jamal Charles has been kind of on this trend of not playing. So hopefully you've been prepared for this. Yeah, and yeah. there were, like Harmon said uh, last week, like there were whispers about Ware being involved even if Charles was healthy. Right. So, yeah. where was starting to get on the radar there? Oh, sure. Now that 
if Charles doesn't play, where's I like I feel like where's going to be the guy? Is Adam Teicher the uh, Jamal Charles whisperer? I mean, this Maybe. guy was this guy was saying this a month ago that Spencer yeah. Ware was uh, going to start. I will go back go and make your other point though, James, just yeah. to let people know if Spencer Ware is gone, which he very likely is in most leagues now. Okay. A couple other guys to consider this week would be Darren Sproles. He's getting scooped up a lot more as the the hype out of Philly keeps growing for him. Sure. And Chris Thompson too. Like yeah. at least ah, for man. one week. Both guys are pass catching specialists in games that could turn into really high scoring affairs. Yeah. Even in standard leagues, like that's a, if you need a plug and play guy for week one that you know you can get some production and touches out of, that both of those guys would be people I would look at right away on the waiver wire. I think Chris Thompson too. Uh, I mean, they utilized him a lot last year, mm-hmm. and, and even if uh, e- even if they've got their you know normal running backs, uh, Matt Jones and, and Robert Kelly, they're going to utilize Chris Thompson. They're going to use him. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Kevin White. He's got his hamstring. He's dealing with it. Uh, limited in practice on Thursday. Uh, didn't quite get the practice report today for Friday, so we'll see. He um, is not going to be available to talk to the media on Friday, uh-huh. which is normally not never a good sign. If they don't make a player available to talk to the media that when they're injured, that's never a good sign. Right. So we'll see. But um, I know a lot of folks have invested in Kevin White, mostly because um, what we've seen of Jay Cutler is that, well uh, – you know, yes, he's going to go to Alshon a lot, but he likes to go to his number two receiver. It's a, it, this is a Matt Harmon special. It's a concentrated passing attack, uh, and that, that's what that's what Matt Harmon always says. And, and when you look in Chicago, that's kind of what they got, no? Yeah, except right now it's going to be concentrated between Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Miller. Give me all of the Alshon Jeffrey. Um, yeah. Give me all of Alshon Jeffrey. I, I'm a guy who did draft a year ago. I drafted Kevin White on a dynasty team. And I'm still, you know, I'm still waiting, still hoping. But just judging by what little we have seen of him, right. what little he's been on the field, he's still a work in progress. Yeah. He's still a ways away. And I think, I think a lot of people knew that. I remember, you know, earlier this off season, uh, talking to Maurice Jones-Drew, and one of the things he Same said job. was always, I heard that. Um, one of the things he said was. Um, Beware of the guy who was the one-year wonder in college, and that was a little bit of Kevin White. That we didn't hear much about Kevin White until that last year That's at West Virginia. So I don't know if that you know I don't know if that plays into it. I still want to believe you know this is really honestly his first true year in the NFL. But I think we're crazy to believe we're going to get any real solid production out of him this year. I think the reason folks were so ridiculously excited is because we're talking about a physical specimen that is, I mean, a special athlete. 6'3", 215 pounds. He ran a 4'3540"? Yep. Come on now. And he was going to be the number two. He wasn't coming in and asked to be the number one. Right. But like you said, I know MJD said that around his two, and I'm not pulling, you know, pushing the panic button on Kevin White because he's missed – all of the most valuable reps for, like, a rookie to get. So, so that hurts. But I want to mo- mention one more thing with the Chicago offense that concerns me right now, too, is that Kyle Long is also listed, listed as questionable. Now, granted, Ooh. people need to remember when you look at these injury reports and hear people are questionable, they have taken away the probable tag right. in injury reports now. Right. That's a good point. So, so it's, not anything- all, it's not all cliff diving like, ah, it's not, you know, it's not <laughs> every time you see questionable. Sure. But, oh. uh, but it's worth noting that if Kyle Long actually misses this game, too, the Bears – Offense like quarter like Cutler and Langford could be in for a world of hurt. I want all Texans of the seven. Texans defense like this week. It's true. Give me the Texans defense okay. above everything. <laughs> right. Give me all the Texans, man. I mean, if you're 
streaming quarterbacks. I think Brock, Brock Osweiler is a good play. I think Lamar Miller certainly has the RB1 overall in his range of outcomes this week. 100%. Uh, 100%. Hopkins and Fuller should both eat against a banged-up secondary. I mean, I think that – God, I really think that the Texans are going to wax the Bears. Yeah, did, don't they have like two or three D-backs that are out or something? Yeah, Kyle Fuller, like one of their best ones, is still as questionable. And I think Evan Silva their was nickel cornerback is, yeah. is questionable. Yeah. Uh, both of them are on, both year. of them are on the injury report with limited participation on Thursday. Yep. Yeah. That, and by the way, uh, you mentioned you brought up a good point uh, about the probable designation getting rid of that. So you know, questionable used to be fifty-fifty proposition. Now, uh, under the new rules, questionable basically goes from like ninety-nine percent. If there's any question at all, is if if they're going to play, they could be questionable. So that's ninety-nine percent mm-hmm. uh, down to fifty percent. And then so, yeah, so basically questionable can be you you know you tweaked your knee really bad and can barely walk, or you have the sniffles. Right. So, basically, everybody's questionable. Everybody's questionable. (laughs) And then anything below 50%, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm pretty sure this is true. If it's less than 50%, then you're just – You're doubtful. Doubtful. You're doubtful. You're doubtful. I guess. I guess. Uh, It's a a tough, not great situation. Weird. It's not great. Uh, Because doubtful in the past used to mean uh, almost for sure you were not going to play. It's it's almost as if things in the NFL aren't 100% transparent. I can't imagine. Like guaranteed (laughs) money or injuries or anything. I can't imagine that coaches are going to use this at all, you know, in any sort of unclear way. You know, a guy like Bill Belichick was going to be completely on the level with this. John Fox is going to be lower. We should jump to Thursday night and keep moving here. we got a big pot ahead. Uh, Thursday night reaction, 21-20. Great game. Was oh, good, my god! Was a good game. It was pretty fun. What a good game it was. What a great way to kick off the season. Uh, the Panthers lose again. Yep, the they're, they're, Still again. They haven't won a game in seven months, and they're on their way to 0-16. Oh, it's a trend. Okay. They're trending <laughs> down. <laughs> nope. But, James Coe, I have a question for you. What's up, brother? Are you ready to believe in C.J. Anderson? Dude, I'm on board. Hey, look, here, here's the thing. I know you were saying, hey, man, you know, questioning my my cow loyalties with C.J. Anderson last mm-hmm. night. Here's the thing. I didn't I, – it's not like he was on my Jonathan Stewart list. How dare you? Speaking of which <laughs> – Speaking of which. Chase Stu did not look bad last night. He didn't no, look he great, l- but he looked okay. Yeah, but – you're right. He looked good, but I think last night was like the perfect encapsulation of why he's just such a pain for fantasy because he Cause looked, Cam because Cam Newton steals his touchdowns. Right, because he looks great, but who cares? Because he got like 14 carries for 60 something yards, 15 for 64. 64. Oh, whatever. I mean, it's a four. Look, One he's catch. four yards per carry. I think. Yeah. I think the fact that he ran hard and looked good against a very good defense is encouraging. What also is encouraging to me is the fact that we didn't see a whole lot of other guys getting any run in there. We saw a little bit of Fozzie Whitaker. Dude, Cam Cappy, Payne Cappy was, was a freaking healthy scratch. He was a healthy they scratch. did a lot last year, too. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we're always going to have to contend with Cam, and I'm not really concerned about Mike Tolbert. Um, this is Jonathan Stewart's backfield. Totally. Also, I mean, totally. It's just a really small pie that he's eating all of. It, is, yeah. it, it can be frustrating. I think the Cam runs were much more of a design, uh, a scheme, a schematic thing for this for one sure. for Cam. He's not going to run that often. Well, and with all the shots that he took in this game. That's big. Like last year what happened too is, remember, Jonathan Stewart didn't get much run in the, in the goal line to start the year, but then after – Cam was getting hurting on his great pace. They switched those roles and gave it to Jay Stu a lot more in the red zone. He ended up being like the second had the second most carries in there. So I think he'll still get his opportunities, but you're right. In a tough spot, this is one of those frustrating games for Jay Stu. I think he's just got an ugly like an ugly week to week floor and like a 
a whatever ceiling. I mean, this is Jay Stu period. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. I don't understand the fifth round grade on Jay Stu when this is what you you should be expecting. 50, no, I, I agree. Fifty to sixty uh, yards every single week. Maybe he drops in a touchdown, but on average, this isn't what you should be expecting. They were playing one of the best defenses in the league. Oh, you're gonna and see per, a and, lot but, of weeks. But, but on a per like a per touch basis, he was great against a really good defense. But that doesn't mean I think this is. Just, I don't see why you should expect anything different than this. Unless he, I mean, he might get 20 carries sometimes, and then you'll get 80 yards. I just know CJ blew up. Man, CJ went nuts. Jay Stu had a nice looking game. How good did CJ? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Mark Ingram to go off on Sunday. (laughs) James, the James James Joe body bag head is just spinning. So hold on. Here's here's how good CJ Anderson looked. He looked as good as he's always been in the NFL. The people that jumped (laughs) ship last year when he had injuries were foolish. This is. This is the same running back since 2013 or whatever when he first broke out. I yeah, will say this. Bitter Twitter. He right. Did. Sorry. I'm T-lizarding hard over here. <laughs> I, last night when he was juking people and bowling guys over, I'm like, oh, wow. I can't rem- remember the last time Ronnie Hillman did that, which was never. Which was never. Uh, by the, this, this is what I would say, though. C.J. Anderson last night did look like he was in better shape week one. Yeah. Uh, then he had been in week one's previous. For sure. Yes. He had an injury from the get-go last year. It's and, two o- years it's ago, and two years ago, too, he was did not look he was, in the best He's also kind of buried on the depth chart, too. Yeah, he was. I think the, the other important takeaway here is Trevor Simeon used him as kind of a safety valve in the passing game, too. I thought he looked times. good, too, Trevor Simeon. Uh, nah. He looked fine. He looked, yeah. From a football standpoint, he looked fine. Capable. From, Capable. from a fantasy standpoint, do not want. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, No, I would never take him in fantasy. I just thought against that Carolina defense, uh, we're talking about a guy who's getting his very first NFL start. Yeah. I thought his pocket awareness was really good. Uh, I know he had those two picks, which is not great. He had a couple that were dropped, too. He one, showed, showed one, off the, some legs, too. The one wasn't really, like... Like the one he got batted down and, and then picked right up. that That's one's not, I don't know if that really one's on him necessarily. Uh, the other one too, he got his arm hit when he threw it. So I don't know, man. Like I think against lesser comp, I think he's going to be. I think he'll be more than fine. But the only reason I bring up Simeon because I thought he looked very capable from the quarterback position. Yeah, uh, is that I know Emmanuel Sanders and, and, and Demarius Thomas didn't have great stat lines, but I tell you what, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable having shares. Uh, in Sanders and Thomas. The one thing to remember, too, is they had three turnovers inside the 30-yard line. Right. Oh so opportunities, like, right. and then the one time they were really, like, in the red zone, Anderson got the goal line touchdown, his right. screen pass was from outside. So, like, it's not. It's also not a panic button moment for these two because they will get opportunities in the red zone. The yeah. team just turned it over there this game. Yeah. 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 And by the way, Cam is still Cam. Still good. I know. Oh, my God. Still good. We seriously got asked a question before the game last night. Someone was like, uh, Brock Osweiler or Cam Newton? What? And it yeah. like if people overrate these matchups, like yeah, Denver's, don't think too hard about it. No, people. seriously, like oh, it's week on. one. You drafted Cam Newton in probably what the third round. Like why? Higher, why, higher why even? <laughs> yeah, why would you bench him in the first game if you invested such a high pick in him? It's just silly. And then yeah. Cam Newton comes out and proves why he's one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the league. So well, I mean, uh, you mentioned it, fantasy quarterbacks. Too. I mean, he's he put up good solid running back numbers, fifty four yards and one touchdown rushing. Yeah, and then, I mean, not great quarterback numbers. Less than 200 yards, but uh, picked up another touchdown there. So uh, Cam Newton, uh, still great. Good. FYI, still pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, – Wait, do you want to talk Benjamin real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yes, Kel- I know ben- you, were, you tweeted out some stuff last night, and we were talking about it, just some interesting things from Benjamin, like an obscene target share. Yeah, he game. had 38.7% of the team targets, which was 12 overall. He caught six for 91 yards and a touchdown. Right. I mean, it was clear right away, like – 
for all the talk that you jabronis were doing about Devin Funchess. Wait, 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 Funches, don't include me. Oh, okay. No, 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 no jabronis in this room. I'm talking to just general jabronis. General jabronis, okay. Uh, like, for all the j- talk from the jabronis that Devin Funches is going to be better than Kelvin Benjamin, it was clear from the first drive who the number one receiver is That's on right. that team. The yeah. guy who got all the targets, the guy who, like, Benjamin, I think, played maybe two snaps I, on that. Fir- I mean, Funches played maybe two snaps, and one of them was as a that they use him as a blocker in one wide receiver set. I didn't understand why people this offseason thought that he was Calvin Benjamin a, had forgotten how to play football. I think it's, a, it, it's a really complicated, long discussion that we don't probably have time. Yeah, to let's into. not get into it. Now. But, <laughs> but it's a, I mean, it's a, it, like it was a wrong, incorrect take. Don't die on bad take Hill. Like Benjamin is the guy here. I think that they probably do need to sp- spread the distribution out. I think like, yeah, but at the same time, it was do good. They, to though? I mean, look at who else they got. I mean, first of all, uh, Greg Olson got nine targets and seven catches. That's about right. I, I mean, I get that Kelvin Benjamin got 12 targets and six catches, but I mean, who else are they going to throw to Corey Brown, Devin Funches, Ted Ginn jr. These guys don't have good hands, but I think those guys can all play. Like, and they can I think, fit a role in the offense. Yeah. Their most commonly used package was the three wide receiver set. They played that on 35, of their of their plays, which was by far the majority of the, the formations that they used, so I I like the idea of spreading the ball out a little more. But it, like I said, it's clear that they wanted to get Benjamin up to speed, and he passed yeah. his first test. Like For that sure. was a big thing. Like, can he even play a full complement of snaps? For sure, he only played about fifty one percent, but that was still pretty good. Uh, a lot of folks were worried about the uh, the snap count or whatever, him being out of shape or getting into game shape. Uh, those concerns put to rest. Yeah. All right, let's get to a high-profile guy you guys are considering benching week one. Uh, a common question that I'm seeing on Twitter, uh, should I bench Jarvis Landry versus the Seahawks? I think it's a pretty good question. I wouldn't do it, but I wanted to see what you guys thought. Uh, I mean, unless you have a lot of other really great options. I mean, unless you went wide receiver heavy in your draft and you have a lot of options there, um, I, I wouldn't. I, I still think that even with a tough defense on tap – Landry is going to see – I mean, we, we just talked about the, the target share in the Panther offense, and I think it's going to be similar in the Dolphins offense when it's Jarvis Landry and then everybody else playing for second place there. Well, so I just wrote about this for my Next Gen Stats matchups column uh, that came out on Thursday. You guys should all read it, NFL.com slash Harmon. Yeah, you could do that. That's a thing that, that you should do. Uh, Jarvis Landry versus Richard Sherman. Like, he's never going to see Sherman. I think that's what people, I don't think so, People yeah. freak out about, like, they see, oh, Seattle. But Seattle's actually pretty weak in the middle of the field. Uh, they gave up 192 of over 200 yards to Marcus Wheaton in the slot last year. Oh, Randall yeah. Cobb went for 97 yards out of the slot against the Seahawks last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a general area of the defense that they struggle in, even though they are a great team. Even the – Sad pass-catching trio of Kamar Aiken, Jeremy Butler, and Daniel Brown from the Ravens last year got over 100 yards out of the slot Sad. against the Seahawks last year. Sad. Right. A lot of sadness there. So if you're so, going to beat them anywhere, it's going to be in the slot. It's going to be yeah. in the slot. And also, Devontae Parker might miss this game because yeah. he's shocker, still not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, th- I think Landry, especially in a game where I think Miami's going to get the doors blown off him in Seattle – like they're going to be throwing a lot from behind. He could push for like over 15 targets and you know, it might not be the sexiest stat line, but it'll still be giving you a fine floor. Yep. I agree. Arian Foster auto bench. Get him out. Yeah. Bench. I wouldn't play any other dolphins. No this week. All right. There you go. Uh, Julian Edelman versus the Cardinals. He's washed. 
Tough matchup. Wow. <laughs> he is not washed, Francis. Tough matchup. This, this is one hell of a narrative you've been on for a few <laughs> I mean, it started <laughs> in the Hot Takes episode, and now it's just just kept it going. Yeah, just, just kept it going. One I thing like I respect it. about franchises, he certainly has no problem doubling down. Yeah. Even, I think, if you don't really believe something. <laughs> Most of us turn the burners off on our Hot Takes. Franchise yep. kept this one on simmer. Yeah. Who cares? Kept it going. Keep Still it going. going. I like it. Uh, okay, so Julian Edelman versus the Cardinals. Uh, no Tom Brady. Uh, and and uh-huh. again, that defense for the Cardinals looks like it could be nasty. Chandler uh-huh. Jones revenge game, guys. Chandler Narrative. Jones revenge game. Ooh. Possibly no Gronk too. So go get it. Uh, okay, well let's just say Gronk is in. Yeah. Uh, let's say he plays. Is Julian Edelman? I, I, I again, I, I look at this matchup, man, and I, and I think it's a fifty-fifty proposition as to whether or not you should play Julian Edelman. Because here's the thing: you mentioned if you went wide receiver heavy. I mean, first of all, his draft value was in the fifth round. It's very possible you've got somebody uh, that you drafted after Julian Edelman that you could play over him. Yes, I I think I feel better about Edelman if Gronk plays because he is such a magnet for attention wherever he goes. And like I know Edelman gets attention too, but. Uh, with Gronk there, that's one really big piece that you always have to account for. So I would feel a little bit better if Gronk doesn't play, then I don't think I want any parts of Edelman. Here's the thing. We talk about Richard Sherman not traveling. You know who does travel? Patrick Peterson. Patrick yeah. Peterson's good. And I imagine he's going to be locked up on Julian Edelman. Well, Am I wrong in saying that? No, Tyron Matthew hasn't even been on the injury report, so he's probably going to be a full go. And I, they've used him to lock, they used him to lock down Jimmy Graham when they've played them before, and I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on Gronk just because he's so good. Right. And even though he's tiny compared to Gronk, he could he could, you know, give him a run for his money. So. I think he's a great tackle either way, so. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm scared of this matchup. I didn't draft Edelman hardly at all or if at all, and if I did, I wasn't going to be starting him this week. There you yeah. go. Among cornerbacks that played over 200 snaps, no no cornerback was targeted less than Patrick Peterson last year. And, so, he, and he shadowed everybody. And he shadows everybody. Oh, so if he shadows man. Julian Edelman, that's going to be bye. All right. Uh, let me ask you this. Would you rather play Michael Crabtree against yep. the Saints yep. <laughs> or Julian Edelman? Crabs all day. <laughs> Crabtree <laughs> all day. That, that game's going to be a track meet. Yeah. Saint, that Saints Raiders game is going to be a track meet. I'm, There's a lot of potential shooting. As many people as I have from that game, I'm trying to start this week. Okay, there yeah. you go. How about DeMarco Murray versus Minnesota? Do not want. Now, you know, I, I know I just pooped all over DeMarco Murray a few podcasts ago, but okay. I, kind, I kind of like him in week one. I Do was you? talking about this also in the Next Gen Stats column, too. Uh, the the Vikings really struggled t- defending running backs out of the I formation. They, Melvin Gordon got him for four carries and 51 yards and a touchdown in preseason. Thomas Rawls and Todd Gurley also gave him trouble last year out of that. Uh, both the Titans running backs, Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray, tore it up in the I formation, yeah. averaging over five yards a carry in the preseason too. Uh, so and Murray was effective out of all formations too. So and I and he ran as the first team back pretty much all through right. preseason. So at least to start the year, he'll be the guy over over Henry. And I think that the Titans are they're at home. They're playing a team that's starting either an ancient, ineffective, likely Sean Hill or right. a guy that's been there for two days in Sam Bradford. Right. right. Yeah. DeMarco Murray's always been more effective. It's as uh, when I would do game day blitz with MJD and Ike last year, they would always say because in Chip Kelly's offense, he didn't fit as we said numerous times. So they just like put him in the dot. I mean, and put him straight behind that quarterback because then he's not as fast as he was his offensive player of the year campaign, but that allows him to get ahead of steam, and that's when he's great. Yeah. Also, to be able to make those reads a little bit easier than than, yep. than what he can do in the shotgun. Um, but, uh, again, we, we look at that Minnesota deal. Here, here's the problem with starting a guy like DeMarco. 
I think the I think the Vikings, and we're gonna get to this in our matchups too. I think the Vikings are gonna run the crap out of the ball. Oh yeah. And the Titans have already said they're gonna run the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Game will be over in two hours. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and the Minnesota defense we know is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Maybe not a great fantasy defense. Right. But I tell you what, in terms of limiting points, limiting possessions, Minnesota is right there. I'm just really worried that this is going to be the game's going to be over so fast. I don't know how many scoring opportunities are going to be available for either team. Yeah. Well, yeah. People people are scared of the Vikings matchup for the running backs. They only allowed five rushing touchdowns last year to running backs, but Ugh. they allowed They're so strong up front. They allowed They're so nasty. Uh nearly 1500 rushing yards, which is about middle of the pack last year to, to opposing running backs. So. You know, it was interesting too was what remember week 1 when Carlos Hyde just ran, stomped all over him. We didn't oh, realize yeah. how special of a performance that was right, right. until later in the season right, when right. Minnesota was so good. But There's going to be one of those again this year where week 1 we all somebody goes crazy, we all overanalyze it and then it just backs to the norm. CJ yeah. Anderson. I, it, it really could people be. have been saying it might be Calvin Benjamin. Could have been what we might have already <laughs> seen. Okay, it might have already happened. <laughs> all right, there you go. Jeremy Hill taking on the New York Jets. I want to jump on this one first because I added it because this is a question I've gotten a lot from people being worried about starting Jeremy Hill. Jets have a good defensive front. They allowed close to the fewest yards in the league last year. I think they only allowed like one rushing touchdown or four maybe, something obscene like that. However, this game I'm not concerned about benching Jeremy Hill because – they're missing Sheldon Richardson for this game. Okay, he's got right. his one game suspension from drag racing. They lost uh, <laughs> Snacks Harrison in free agency, mm. and on top of that, like the the Bengals seem to want to run a lot more, and Jeremy Hill looks rejuvenated. They've only got really AJ Green as a dynamic pass catching option. He could be on Revis Island. So they're gonna. My feeling is they're gonna look to pound Jeremy Hill early and often to set up play action, other things like that. And if they get near the goal line, Jeremy Hill is gonna be their best red zone threat. They don't have Tyler Eifert. Again, Green's probably going to be on Revis Island. Not that he can't get off of it, but Hill's going to be their best option when they get close to the goal line. So I think he's he's got a good shot to get at least double-digit points this week. Uh, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Can we can we talk a little bit more about A.J. Green? Because I got in that question, too. A.J. Green on, quote-unquote, Revis Island. Yeah. Um, and this is what I told somebody on Twitter. I'm like, Revis Island don't exist no more. Yeah. Like, I've, he's lost a step. He's still a good player. Still a good player. It's still more, effective. It's more like a resort island now. Not like yeah. a super right. resort. It's not like the Tom Hanks castaway island. Yeah. It's more like, well, I'm on this island. There's some stuff to do, but like I'd rather be somewhere else. There's no cocktails on the island. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no sh- shrimp ceviche. But you're still chilling on. You're still chilling on the beach. Got yeah. you. I got you. No, I mean, I just don't think Revis is quite as effective as he was in the past. I- I'm not worried about AJ Green. I-, I do think Tyler Boyd's a sneaky play here. Um, but again, I, I'm not worried about AJ Green, man. You first, come on. I mean, you spent first round traffic on AJ Green. Yeah. You're not benching the dude week one. Get out of here. Stop with these questions sometimes. Get no. out of here. Again, like Marcus said, don't overthink it. I mean, Revis is still a, a very good player. I mentioned those cornerback stats from Next Gen Stats earlier, and Revis did allow the lowest catch rate of any quarterback or any cornerback last year. God, I'm mixing my words up again. Cornerbacks uh, <laughs> last year, so he's still a very effective player. But yeah, he, he's not like a straight up just don't start anybody against. Yeah, him. yeah. you can play a guy like AJ Green against him. I would 100% agree. Let's talk about a low profile guy. You would start instead of one of these guys that maybe you have some concerns about. And again, I do love the fact that, by the way, we just finished drafts. <laughs> and like, and people are already playing the matchups. You know what I mean? I absolutely love. That's it. where fantasy's at these days. It's not a not a set it and forget it thing. People really are into it and really want to win. It's really fun. It's really fun to be a part of. It is. I absolutely love it. Um, all right, let's talk about a low profile guy that uh, that I've gotten a lot of questions about. How about Corey Coleman? 
Cleveland offense versus Philadelphia. I got a feeling this is going to be a little bit of a shootout. Um, I'm really excited about this matchup. What say you guys? I'm okay with it. I, I I don't think it's going to be as much of a shootout. I think I think you're going to have two fairly inept offenses, you know, throwing jabs at each other all day. Uh, but I do like the Browns' passing game in this one against that Eagles secondary. I actually uh, I predicted that the highest scoring player from this game would okay. be RG three. Ooh, right. Uh, so I think Corey Coleman benefits from that. It was it was very weird to look at the Browns' depth chart and see that their starting wide receivers are Corey Coleman and Terrell Pryor Senior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> senior. Ooh, another senior. He's, He's matured. Oh, wow. Um, Narrative. Here we go. But you know, it, it's not it's not a dazzling lineup just yet. But I do think they will take advantage. Would you play of Corey Coleman over Julian Edelman? Ooh, I would take a long look at it. Yeah, that's um, a hard one. I don't know if I would, but I would certainly take a long look at it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Hmm. I think I would. Probably. There you go. Fantasy is also about having fun, and it'd be more fun to me to watch and root for a Corey Coleman big play than Julian Edelman to catch a four-yard touchdown if they get near the red zone. Speaking of jabs, good God. Uh, How about uh, Sterling Shepard versus Dallas? I think this one's interesting. Uh, I don't know what to make of the matchup, quite honestly, because, I mean, obviously Sterling Shepard's a rookie, but uh, Dallas's defense, not great. Uh, Sterling Shepard should be the number two guy in what should be a pretty high-profile passing attack. Um, I could be wrong, though. Oh, I don't James. know. I mean, I know you guys love Sterling Shepard. Guess what? This was another matchup Harmon highlighted in his column, which you guys should all read at NFL.com slash Harmon. Yeah, I'm kind of actually – fading the Giants offense in DFS. I mean, I'll have some exposure. I would well, I would adv- advise having some exposure to Odell Beckham because he's he good. Beckham. He good. Is, and I wouldn't I'm not advocating sitting him, but I don't think I'm like so eager to start um a guy like Eli Manning or even Sterling Shepard in this matchup because Dallas plays so so slow. Mm. They were ranked uh, the, they ran the fifth fewest plays in the preseason. They ranked 19th in plays run in the year to where DeMarco Murray established himself as a feature back in 2014. And then they fell all the way back to 29th when they replaced Tony Romo with right. injury last year. And with a running quarterback under center, they're going to run even fewer plays because it's just going to be when Dak's going to take off and run, they're going to pound Ezekiel Elliott. And that just puts such a stress on the other team because you get to run just few plays. You, you have less opportunities to put up productive numbers. I mean, that's why Odell Beck, I know people were like, well, Eli Manning didn't perform against the Giants last, or the, the Cowboys last year. Neither did Odell Beckham. Beckham combined for 79 yards against the Cowboys last year. Manning only had 363 yards combined against Dallas last year. And it's because they just ran far fewer and less plays. That first game was so weird last year. Yes, Let's not true. forget with the messed up turnovers and stuff. Yeah. I think you make a really good point there, Harmon. The one way I could see that changing and this turning into the shootout, though, is if the Giants get up early. If That's they get up, they have say. to get up early. Yes. Like, they have to take a ton of shots with and Beckham and put up points early. But even then... I think that takes Sterling Shepard kind of out of the equation. It could, but I mean, like the D- Dallas has no pass rush right now. Their front, their front seven has been decimated. Their from, defense is terrible from suspensions. Man. They they don't have Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, or uh, Rolando McLean. Those are three of the best players. In I don't front know seven. what they're gonna do. Yeah. So I mean, that, what are they gonna do defensively? I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like I I could see this being I could see New York getting up twenty one zip easy. Yeah, they. I mean, the way that they're going to counteract that defense is the way they've been counteracting right. their defense the last two years, which is just to bleed the clock and play slow as hell on offense. Yeah, I don't yeah. disagree with that. So this one could go either way. It'll be a fun one to watch, though, that's for sure. How about Jared Cook versus the Jaguars? Yes, all, of the, all of the yes. You mean Jared Goat <laughs> Cook? All of the yes. Yeah. Wait, why Why so high on Jared Cook? Ah, uh, who knows? Because <laughs> it's, it's fun. No, but <laughs> – 
I get if I get from the whiz kid from Wisconsin. I get that. Okay, fine. But I'm saying like, remember, remember, remember why is everybody else so high? Remember when Jermichael Finley was was just killing things there in in Green Bay when you know he yeah, was yeah. catching passes from Aaron Rodgers and everything oh, yeah. was happy and good. This is that. Okay. This is that again. This is this is the guy they have been waiting for at the tight end position since Jermichael Finley was forced out of football. Um, and for Jerry Cook, I mean, this is this is last chance saloon, man. You're in the best it's offense true. you've ever played with. You've got the best quarterback ever. If it doesn't happen now, it's just never going to happen. He's got a one-year contract, too, so he's trying to Ooh. perform uh, and, and get paid next year. Jacksonville wasn't great at stopping tight ends last year, and now I might you know, be like, oh, they've got Miles Jack, they've got Jalen Ramsey. Miles right. Jack's probably not even going to start. So and they've got a they've got an interesting rotation. Otherwise, where like t- Telvin Smith plays good, but then they take him out. So it's like they, I don't know who's going to cover Jared Cook, but whoever it is might not be that great. And for as cheap as he is on the waiver wire, or in you know what a value is in DFS, he's a, he's a great option to roll out this this week. I don't, well, if Jordan's I don't, on a snap count too, yeah, I think yeah. he's a primary downfield option. Yep. I mean, is he going to be on a snap count though? This is kind of well, like I don't Kelvin know. Yeah. Being on a snap We've heard count. mixed I mean, reports because at first it was he's a full go. Then yeah. one of the beat reporters is like, I think he's going to be on a snap count. And like, I, like I've been saying for months now, that, that Green Bay set of beat writers can't get on message. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, the whole snap count thing, I think, is something that they would like to do. But the only the only way they get to that is if they have a big lead. I don't know if right. they get a big lead against this Jaguars offense. This I don't. I don't necessarily know if I see it. Turn a shootout. I love this game. I I'm excited to watch this game. Watch. I mean, obviously, I it's my so. team, but I think it's super interesting. Both Jags at home. I, I think the Jags are going to put up some points, man. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Watch, watch out for Chris Ivory. Uh, how about Clive Walford versus no. New Orleans? No, thank you. No, yeah, no. Uh, Clive <laughs> Walford versus New Orleans. No, thank you. I don't know. He's kind of a deeper well, tight end. He, can I at least throw this out? New Orleans was, sure. I believe, the second worst uh, defense against tight ends last year. They gave up the most fantasy points second. They were yards. bad against everything. But yeah, yeah, they they, they, they allowed 45 bad. passing yes. touchdowns a quarterback last year. The the second place team was 36 with Philadelphia. <laughs> it was like the Hello. most. It was like Big the most guy. in NFL history. Uh, so again, I'll ask you, Clive Walford. <laughs> Versus New Orleans, I, they didn't make any improvements on the defense, guys. No, they really haven't. I was I was actually looking at this, too, for this matchup, and I guess I can just jump ahead in a little bit. So they had Rob Ryan starting uh, for the first 11 weeks or 10 weeks of the year, and then 11 was their bye. So leading up to week 12, their defense ranked, in terms of fantasy points, 32nd against quarterbacks, 30th against running backs, 25th against wide receivers, and 32nd against tw- tight ends. Then they switched and gave it to Dennis Allen, and there was a minor improvement. But those totals went to 28th, 24th, 26th, and 30th across the board. They've had no really new pieces come in in free agency unless you count an aging James Laurinaitis or the, you know, now on his, what, third team in three years, Nick Fairley. They lost their first overall pick in Sheldon Rankin. So you're right. There's going to be a lot of fantasy points to be had. I just don't know that I'm going to trust Clive Walford in any sort of lineup unless it's a danger zone type of league. Okay. And people talk about Walford's, like, late season surge last year. Right. Uh, But – Amari Cooper was hurt then too, so that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, I think, think he's he's the third option in that passing game. Oh, for sure, at, yeah. at best, and like a distant third. Yeah, right, right. Heck, he might even be a fourth with if they mix in DeAndre Washington as yeah. much as folks. Seth Roberts, Seth Roberts, Latavius Murray. Yeah, I just I can't. I I like a lot of the people in that in that game, but uh, Clive Walford's not one of them. Yeah. All right, best worst matchups for Week One. Let's get to the tough matchups first. Vikings versus the Titans. The reason I put it on this list again because I think both teams are going to bleed that clock. I just don't. I don't see a lot of scoring opportunities uh, for either team. Obviously, the Vikings are going to lean on Adrian Peterson quite a bit, um, but how close they get, considering that the Titans know that they're just going to use Adrian Peterson, 
Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I know the Titans are going to run the ball a heck of a lot as well. Marcus Mariota is interesting because he's a, a very good talent. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he drops a bomb into somebody, but uh, to me, this one screams low-scoring affair. Well, and right now Mike Zimmer is trying to be coy about saying, you know, I know who my starting quarterback is, but I'm not telling you until Sunday. I, I mean, we talked about it earlier. It doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? no. But, you know, I mean, obviously he thinks this is some sort of psychological mind game he can play with Tennessee and, you know, make them feel like they've got to be prepared for both Sean Hill and Sa I can't even say that. Um, <laughs> be prepared. Was it the, was it, I, I can't. Was it the Vikings who picked up Josh Freeman like a couple years ago? And yeah, they started, they started him against the Giants, uh, and it was the worst like the ever. week they added him. The worst, yet, like, the worst. Monday Night Football, it was one of the worst games I've ever watched like, I feel life. like that's. <laughs> I feel like that's the situation that Sam, right. Sam Bradford would be in if they started him. Like He doesn't know the playbook. Yep. Way to give up a first-round draft pick. Well, well, I mean, in t in time, sure, but the no. guy needs some time to learn yeah. the offense. In I mean, he's got to learn the verbiage for God's right, sake. I, right. mean, I, I don't even know how he picks up the verbiage in two days. What in verbiage? Time he will be the same old. You see that guy standing you. behind you? <laughs> Turn around and hand it to him. That's the verbiage. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Okay, uh, Pats versus Cards. Uh, again, the Cardinals. I mean, just a great defense uh, already. They added a guy in Chandler Jones. They added a guy in Robert Kim Diche. Um, this team, from a defensive standpoint looks locked and loaded. Patriots yeah, offensive players on high alert. I think even if Gronk plays, I think even he is on high alert because we know he's already kind of dinged up. Uh, you, your gentleman's takeaway on, on this matchup. I like on the Arizona side pretty much everybody. Um, yep. Oh, Rob Nankovich. John Brown. Yeah, I think John Brown is probably a shock, is my favorite play of the receivers this week This mm -hmm. week because we know that Bill Belichick loves to scheme and stop one guy. I think he will probably do that to Larry Fitzgerald. He's talked all this week about how much he respects him as a Hall of Famer, yada, 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 yada. I like Brown's ability, like cornerback matchup too. He should get the most inexperienced guy. I can't even remember his name right now. So he'll, he could burn one deep for sure. Yeah, not a game to start LeGarrette Blunt. that's for sure. No. Ah, uh, no. And I wouldn't even trust James White in this one because, I mean, who knows if it's him, if it's DJ Foster, if it's Edelman, Hogan. Like, I just – It's Jimmy Garoppolo back there. It's a total unknown. We're not exactly sure. Although, I'll tell you this, man. I thought he's looked pretty sharp in the preseason. Yeah. And Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick, no one's going to be surprised if the Pats keep this competitive. Nobody. Would Not at all. Check down fiend though, and yeah. I could see him dumping it off to White a lot too. But it's that's if White's the one that's always there to get it dumped off too. Sure. I think he will be though. I don't know. It's just Bellatrix Loom, man. Deion Lewis isn't there to, to oh, keep him at you bay. Oh, people are too scared of this. <laughs> There's better matchups. Go get Chris yeah. Thompson or Darren Sproles, like uh, you said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of the two the of Dolphins versus Seattle at Seattle. Uh, again, we talked about that Jarvis Landry matchup. Folks uh, in this room, uh, more educated than myself, not scared. I like it. I buy in. I'm all in on Jarvis Landry. That's fine. I feel like this is only scary in one direction, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, this is only I mean, scary. Aaron Foster, JJ. I mean, all these guys. I mean, can you play any of these dudes? No. No. No one? No one? No. Um, can I also say this, though? If it becomes an, an absolute blowout um, and Doug Baldwin doesn't get one early, this kind of – it could be a situation where they salt the, the lead away. Sea woke. With sea woke. Sea woke. Sea woke. Oh. Yeah, buddy. He's got a pretty good shot well, at 25 at, carries. I was going to say 20, but sure. 20, 30, 30 carries. All yeah, right. buddy. Like I said earlier about franchise doubling down. Um, <laughs> boom. But I, I really do think that this game should get out of hand fairly quickly. The yeah. Miami secondary is 
awful. They're I bad. Mean, their whole defense is bad. Their whole defense is bad, but especially that back end. Like, their number one corner is Byron Maxwell, and we already saw last year. He's not good. And God. Like, they're starting a rookie. It just dawned on playing. me when you said that. It was like a like just a wash. I was like, oh, my God, that's See right. Ya. Byron yeah. Maxwell is their number one. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, so I think that – Baldwin and Lockett too. I mean, Lockett could definitely take one over the top. In, oh yeah, in this game, especially against Byron Maxwell too. I like the Lockett in. matchup. Also, I will say, I know some people were pushing the panic button because Jermaine Effetti got injured and he was going to be a big part of this offense coming in at guard. And people were like, oh, Russell Wilson's no offensive line. He's going to have to run for his life. Like, yeah. guess what? He's still very good. Yeah, he's Sully. so good. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Sully. And no, I got some on Twitter too, where people were like, oh my god, Effetti's out. Should I bench? Not, I don't think they said should I bench Russell Wilson, but like, are you worried? I was like, no. <laughs> Y'all worry about too much. No. I mean, it's funny because he had a horrible line last year, and he went right. berserk in the second When half. he had to street ball, he was great. And when that line shored up and he could stay in the pocket, he right. was great. You know yeah. why? Because Russell Wilson is great. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, I, I think I, I almost feel like Doug Baldwin's got to get one early. That, is the, that is the fear in some of these games. But you know what? I mean – that could legitimately happen. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I could totally see that. I could see, you know, first drive, they just you know, go down, yeah. just yeah. say, let's do this. Also, <laughs> you know? 14 yard. I will say, if you're worrying about that, it's not like Pete Carroll's ever really been the guy to enforce a mercy rule. No like, way. No. In 2012, they were, they were stomping fools like 50 to 6. And so he loves it. He, it's fine. He absolutely I mean, no it. lead is safe, you feel, like a lot of coaches feel in the NFL. So. It's not like he's going to get up 20 and be like, all right, guys, time to come out. No, but you know what I do? You know, what I do legitimately like, though, I, um, and we kind of joke around about it, but Christian Michael, really, though, I, I really like this matchup because, again, um, if they're, if they're going to try to protect Thomas Rawls uh, in terms of his health, uh, why not just give it a C, Mike, a yeah. bunch of times, especially in the second half if they're up big? I, I like the matchup. They said they might give Rawls a couple carries to see how he looks, but they're treating it as Rawls' second preseason right. game. So yeah, I don't disagree don't with that. Don't start Thomas Rawls. All right, how about Rams at Niners? Uh, the Rams got a pretty good defense. Again, not a great fantasy defense, but overall pretty good defense. Um, and the Niners, well, the Niners are the Niners. I don't know, man. This is going to uh, be a pillow fight. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a total. And so, yeah. <laughs> Harmon got me on board near the end of the preseason with this idea of Torrey Smith as a sleeper. I started to kind of buy into that. No. This week, not so much, simply because I know, Harmon, part of your logic was that the Niners, one, they're playing up-tempo, but they are also likely to be losing a lot and going to be forced to throw the ball. I don't see this game getting having a big spread one way or another, so I don't yeah. know that the Niners will be compelled to throw the ball a ton to try to get back into this one, which does not bode well for Smith against the very good defense. Real quick, this isn't one I'd want to play. Real quick, minor, not breaking news, but we just were getting the injury reports coming through as we're recording. Jamal okay. Charles officially listed as doubtful. Yeah. Okay, there you Ooh. go. All right. There you not go. a shady. Not good. He's not playing. He's not a surprise. Yeah. Oh, there's not no way. Not a surprise. There's no way he's playing. Uh, we talk about pace of play, Matt Harmon. Uh, the Rams, you, you mentioned Dallas slowing it down. The Rams, that's that's all they do. Uh, is they slow this baby down a lot. Uh, I know it's funny because in terms of pace of play, we're going to see one of the highest pace of play uh, teams in the Niners and then literally perhaps the slowest pace of play team in the L.A. Rams. But here's the thing. I, I got to imagine Chip Kelly, and again, Chip Kelly's been known to run a lot. I think both these teams are going to run a bunch. 
it's just a boring game. I'm not going to really start anybody in this game. Carlos Hyde, no? Todd Gurley. Carlos Hyde, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about Hyde. I'd rather wait and see with Hyde than in this game. But just because Todd Gurley is going to get 50 billion carries, I'd start him in this game. Otherwise, I'm I'm really not starting it. Start both defenses. I'm all in on Carlos Hyde. To be quite honest with you, start both defenses. and Both defenses, even the Niners? Yeah, because I think they're – the Rams are bad. This this could and be. they're at home. Forty Nine ers are home, right? Yeah, they yes. are at home. I mean, and besides besides Todd Gurley, who in that offense really scares you? Right. Nobody. This this could honestly be a seventeen to ten game with two defensive touchdowns. Okay, I like it. Uh, let's talk about some possible shootouts. Raiders versus Saints. We talked about both defenses last year were bad. I think the Raiders obviously made a lot of improvements on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Which Harmon, you want to speak to real quick? This is in the matchups column as well. Uh, yeah, this is. I think that uh, the Raiders' defense could be uh, uh, like one of those funnel defenses where you attack in the middle of the field because their outside cornerbacks are quietly pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. David Amerson played really well, got an extension with the team uh, this offseason, and they also have Sean Smith. Those, yep. Both those guys are over 6'1". Sean Smith is like 6'3", 218. Those are big physical press cornerbacks, and their, their defense is – those are guys that Brandon Cooks typically struggles with. His uh, reception perception success rate versus coverage against press is well below the league average. And I'm not saying like bench Cooks, but this might be a game where other guys go off. Like I really like Kobe Fleener. We know that the Raiders were torched by tight ends last year, and I don't think they've made any huge personnel improvements. Their start, their safety first round pick is going to be on the bench. I love Willie Sneed in this matchup. Everybody talked about Michael Thomas taking over the slot role, but it was actually Willie Sneed that played over 70% of his snaps in the slot in the preseason. So I I think both those guys are big plays. Uh, could Michael Thomas, if he does slide into – well, first of all, I mean, they run four wide receiver sets, not un- uncommonly there with yeah. New Orleans. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see Michael Thomas also running in the slot as well. Yeah, he played about 20% of his snaps in the preseason uh, from the inside. So it kind of remains to be seen whether they see him as more of an outside flanker uh, and then Snead as the slot guy. But, you know, let's not also forget, too, that Fleener is going to play in the slot as well, too. Right. He'll split out there, too. They always used to slide Jimmy Graham in that slot because it's, it's so a big, many big mismatch. It's true. Yeah, Thomas also was on the many. injury report this week, too, though. I that was kind of a surprise. Play. That showed up late in the week that he's going to be on the injury report because I, I kind of liked him as a deep sleeper this week. Because of him playing that Marcus Colston role, and, oh, and yeah. that that combined with all the negative things we heard about Kobe Fleener and, and him working in uh, at the end of the preseason, so I just felt like there's a chance that we could see Thomas, you know, kind of break out a little bit here in Week One. I don't know week to week how much I like him, but at least this week I felt like he's worth a, a deep shot. I do not believe. I'm going to go on record. Uh, I was kind of kind of weighing the 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 different personnel moves and everything, and just reading the offseason. I'm just going to say it. I don't like Kobe Fleener. I think he's not going to live up to expectations. I know that he's going semi-late in drafts, but I just don't believe in the talent level. I know they gave him a big contract or whatevers, but again, you know, can he block? I think this is a team that wants to run the ball a little bit more with Mark Ingram. Um, I think Michael Thomas is a special talent. I think they're going to try to figure out a way to get him more involved, and if that means no Kobe Fleener, sorry, pal, that means no Kobe Fleener. Yeah. Um, I'm just not big on him this year. I think he's going to fall by the wayside, kind of like what we saw with Josh Hill last year, uh, where they kind of opted for a bigger, better blocking tight end. 
That's just my take, and and I'll stand by that one. Rather sneakily, I could think he could blow up this week, though, and then maybe you trade him next week. Ooh, trade I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think. Uh, hey, by the way, can I also say this? I know this is going to be totally against the grain, but whatever. The uh, the Raiders' defense, from a fantasy perspective, I kind of like them this week. Um, the the Saints' offensive line has. There's been a lot of reports about them just being absolutely awful. Uh, the Raiders with Khalil Mack. I know the Saints are at home, so you know. I think I still think they're going to put up points, but in terms of sacks and turnovers. I kind of think the Raiders got the the recipe to really. Uh, I think they'll get after Breeze. I think they'll definitely yeah. have to Breeze. You're 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 playing with fire there though, because yeah. if if Breeze no, drops if Breeze drops forty on them, even if they sack them five times, it's you're going to end up with like a right. point. That's yeah, that's the thing. You cannot play them. I was not going to play, play against Drew Breeze. <laughs> well, get out here, Cub. In the dome, I might still be a little bit gun shy like, for you know, making the Raiders a sleeper defense the week Nick Foles drops seven yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. Well, uh, James, you know you're kind of just feeling like. Blitz. I, oh, 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a danger 100%. zone play. But oh, it's a danger zone play. Can I, I would not advise it. Yeah. Can I just say, I, Like I said, it's against the grain. For sure. yeah. I'm watching to see what C.J. Spiller's role is in this game. Because Big time. I oh, you mean Daniel Lasko? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> C.J. Spiller. Oh, okay. I think he was injured last year. Um, yeah. He was still learning the Saints playbook. He didn't, sure. he didn't really know what was going on. He didn't fit. Uh, he ran with the first team offense in the preseason. Um, and I think, you know, in the second half, if the Saints find themselves down, Spiller might get some snaps, and he might be like a deep deep waiver wire ad next week. This could be a good hint to see if Ingram is going to keep that passing volume he had last year or if that was largely that was largely a product of Spiller being more injured. This yep. is a, I mean they could both get a lot of work cuz this team throws like 160 targets to the running backs every year. Yep. Right. But you know uh, Ingram might not have as big of a share as he did last year. Uh, right. one of my favorite uh games on the docket Lions versus the Colts. I just I gotta think this one is gonna be a high-scoring affair. Um, I think both these teams are gonna try to play. Uh, maybe not the Colts as much, but the Lions. We know for sure uh, under Jim Bob Cooter, they're gonna try to play more no huddle. They're gonna be much more up tempo. They have the offensive pieces uh, to move the ball against a Colts defense that is not good and Col- has injuries. And has injuries. The Colts similarly. Uh, have the offensive pieces to move the ball against the Lions defense that I think is going to be one of the five worst uh, in the NFL. This to me screams shootout. So you know There's it's going to be. be lot. You know it's going to be twelve to thirteen. Oh God! No, I'm just kidding. No. This so, game should go crazy. Please so, don't. You know who I like as a deep sleeper in this one? Anquan Bolden. Oh, I was gonna. I was, thinking, I was thinking of mentioning him. Don't you know, Anquan no. Bolden is a deep sleeper in this one. I mean, there's there's talk that he's starting to work in a little bit more. And I, JBC said he expects a big role for Bolden this year. You know, I mean, I've, I've heard uh, potential of you know maybe he it. may get targeted in the red zone and that Stop sort of thing. It. And he's not, a, but he's not a week to week play. But yeah. this is one of those matchups against a bad defense. And what Look, could be a really high-scoring, up-tempo game? I mean, this is where you take right, a shot at a guy Right like now, that. hats off to our friend uh, Nick Mencio at Roto World. He tweeted this earlier today. Here are the Colts' healthy, likely starting cornerbacks and when they joined the team. Antonio Cromartie, August 23rd. <laughs> Patrick Robinson, March 23rd. Daryl Morris, September 5th. Daryl And Rashawn Melvin, September 7th. Oh, my God. Also, Hen- Henry guys? Anderson, one of their best pass rushers, a third-round pick from last year, is out already as he's recovering from a torn ACL. Right. Kendall Langford is uh, practiced limitedly, did not practice on Friday, I saw on the report, so he's likely out. And then on top of that, they're missing Art Jones with a suspension. So, like, there's going to be no pass rush and no cornerbacks. Other than that, everything's going to be great. <laughs> All the points. <laughs> uh, the Lions should be putting up some some numbers. But, again, their defense, too, is just so bad. Uh, and I, and the Colts with Andrew Luck. And, and first of all, we've seen Andrew Luck uh, play from a deficit. 
he balls. He goes nuts mm-hmm. uh, when they're in a deficit. So I like all the offense. Give me everyone in this game. Um, but you're right. Just knowing how the gods will play it, it's going to be like, 12 30. Also, and even though this could turn oh, into a shootout, I'm yeah. still I'd still gladly roll out Frank Gore as an RB2 or a flex because he's the he's still the only option there. And when Luck was on the field with him last year, he averaged three targets a game. Okay. So if this turns into a shootout, they could still dump it off to Gore. He could be the check down guy. He's the best pass blocker there, so I'm not afraid of like him losing volume if it turns into a very pass-heavy script for the Colts. All right, New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys. We, t- we hinted at this game just a little bit. Uh, any other players that we haven't got to? How about Rashad Jennings uh, there for the Giants? Do you like him this week? I like him. Yeah. I do like him. I'm liking him more and more because I think the Giants realize the error of their four-headed running back ways. And I think they realize the error of Andre Williams. Bro. That, too. Well, he's, he's gone. He's Sold. gone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's talk that now, because he's gone, Rashad Jennings could see more carries around the goal line. For sure. Uh, Paul Perkins is still a ways away from being really relevant. Right. So it, it's he's basically little... Rashad Jennings and Shane Vereen. And that's yeah, buddy. Good. Let's go, Shane Vereen. Here we go. <laughs> no? I put Rashad Jennings in my players to trade four before week one this week. So. There you go. NFL.com slash franchise trade calls. Yeah, there buddy. you go. Hey. Uh, all right, how about Packers versus the Jags? We seed the floor, too. Alex Gilhar. Uh I mean, start your Packers. Eddie Lace is a great start. Jordan Nelson's a good start. Randall Cobb, too. Don't be afraid of starting him because you got burned last year. Uh, Jacksonville side, uh, Allen Robinson, obviously. Uh, Julius Thomas could be an interesting play because the Packers are starting for sure one rookie uh, middle linebacker, fourth-round pick uh, Blake Martinez, and the other one I think is going to be Jake Ryan, who was a third- or fourth-round pick last year. So those guys, it might be a little rough in the rough in the middle of the field. What's been m- the training camp reports on Blank Martinez? Because that's he's who been, could play. He's been he's been good, but he's still a rookie going up against one of the most dominant red zone tight ends in the league. It's a good point. Uh, Alan Hearns concerns me a little bit in this matchup because the Packers do have a pretty good young secondary. Yeah, and I mean A Rob's going to be the one to get open more often than not. So I I've, I have concerns about starting Hearns this week. Uh, are the Packers an interesting sleeper defense? Given that Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles, I would I would think. But, I mean, there's probably better defensive plays out there. But it's nice for the Packers that Clay Matthews is moving back predominantly to the outside. Right. Blake Bortles is a highly sacked quarterback, and he's prone to throwing turnovers. So He loves throwing pick sixes, folks. He does. At least picks, certainly. All about Randall Cobb. Yeah. Kind of like TJ Yeldon in a PPR league, too, or in a DFS where you get points for PPR. Uh, Chris Ivory dealing with the injury, yes. Yes, yes. So there you go. Yeah, already. What a, sh- what a shock. You yeah, huge surprise. Can't wait till can't wait till he scores six or fewer rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Did you, uh, <laughs> you, you get points for falling over? Stop. Stop. Oh, I can't wait boy. till I can't wait till TJ Yeldon hey. turns into Mark. I love Mark's his two most passionate campaigns right now: Tame Impala for Super Bowl Fifty One, yes. and TJ Yeldon just falls over. Just falling over. Hashtag just falls down. By the way, hashtag Tame for SBLI. But yeah, like Harmon said. Uh, Randall Cobb in this one's going to be great, especially if they try to lock down Jordy Nelson more. Cobb actually averages like 25 more yards per game and .25 more touchdowns per game on fewer targets when he plays with Jordy Nelson. Go get it. Uh, Browns versus Eagles, another game that I slated as a possible shootout. Uh, agree, disagree? I don't see it turning into a shootout. No. I, I think yeah. I like I like the, the Eagles as a screaming defense. Well, just I I think both the quarterbacks are going to make at least one mistake. Even okay. if oh, I, we we like the Browns' offense yeah. uh, going forward, but uh, I think it could maybe get off to a little bit of a rocky start. Jim Schwartz has been a ferocious defensive yes. coordinator, puts a lot of pressure on opposing passers, and we know if there's one thing RG three doesn't do well, it's when he's under pressure. The yeah. Eagles are so bad last They're year. So bad last year. I think Jordan. Defense, I, they weren't that. Yeah. Uh, they weren't awful. They were awful giving up passing. Stats. They gave well, a lot well, of yards. Their cornerbacks. 
Schwartz got roasted, yes. But, yeah. I mean, just in general, they've got a good front seven, and it's a different scheme now. It's Jim yeah. Schwartz, like you said. He puts a lot of pressure because he has an attacking 4-3 al- scheme. They also right. don't – they're not dealing with Chip Kelly, like, yeah. doing the, the up wearing, wearing, wearing them out. Yeah, up <laughs> the up-tempo right. up three and out, for sure. So – I do think that uh, Jordan Matthews is kind of a sneaky play in this one because he'll avoid Joe Hayden, who does not travel into the slot where Matthews recorded 97% of his I feel like we haven't said Jordan Matthews' name out loud in about a month. (laughs) Me neither. When I I was looking at matchups to highlight this week, I was like, you know, we haven't talked about Jordan Matthews lately, and when we have, it hasn't been positive. But I think that because of the uncertainty at the rest of the receiver position – Well, now that quarterback The trouble was Jordan Matthews got his injury, and then while he's sitting there recovering, like – Everything goes wrong in his offense right. and changes. So yeah, I think I think with a rookie quarterback under center though, because he runs those short routes from the slot, I think he could get peppered with some targets, and he'll have the cornerback matchup in his face. I, I think real quick before we head to daily daps, James, there's Please. two. We've hit pretty much every game on the slate, yeah, except man. we really didn't talk about Tampa Atlanta at all. Ooh, or that's, a, that's one I p- would put as a potential shootout. Yeah, Atlanta, tell us why, Harmon. Because I think both offenses are good. They've, they're, they're filled with talented playmakers. Uh, again, if you look at the cornerback matchups, Julio consistently roasts the Bucks because they don't have any good cornerbacks. Uh, right. He'll probably get um, on Vernon Hargraves, their smaller rookie first-round pick. Uh, and if not, he'll be against Altron Werner. Uh, welcome to the NFL, Rook. Go cover yes, Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, Julio's been on the injury report this week, but I, I don't He's know. He's a full he should, go. I think he yeah. participated all on Friday. He's I think, always on yeah, the injury He's report. always on the injury report, right? And I think Muhammad Sanu could even be a sneaky play because the Bucks secondary is so bad. On the other end, I love Mike Evans in this game. I think that he could get off Desmond Trufant, who st- typically stays on the left side of the field. Uh, that also kind of leaves me to like Vincent Jackson a little bit, too. So I hope that this um, – I hope that this – Turns into a shootout back and forth because, like I said, both these defenses not great. It's going to be inside in Atlanta too. Nice. Uh, and as for Buffalo, Baltimore, I, I like. I'm still just. Sad. I think wait and see mode for Baltimore <laughs> across the board. Like while I like Kamar Aiken and I like some Mike Wallace, we don't know. How, Steve Smith's you know not on pop or anything. How much is he going to play if at all? Brashad yeah. Perriman, how much is he going to play if at all? Uh, that backfield, don't touch it. I mean, Justin Forsett's declared himself the starter, but Oy. whatever. On the flip side. I love Tyrod, Sammy, and LaShawn in this in this matchup. Tyrod and Sammy are going against a yeah. really suspect Baltimore secondary. Tyrod also has his rushing floor. LaShawn's the guy there. He's probably going to be the second most targeted pass catcher. And this Ravens defensive front is not what it used to be. No. Nope. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's old and unimpressive in a lot of places. I mean, they got so. hurt last year. They did, uh, but still. And like, they're got, they're, they got healthier this offseason, but still. Uh, as you mentioned, I mean, not not going to be. Great. So if you've yeah. got any of the the triplets from the Bills, man, start start them with confidence. Yeah, I was going to ask. I was going to throw this to the room, even though there are so many potential shootouts, which is what you really want to look for for like the number one overall scoring in a certain position. And I don't think that this game has potential to do that. Would it shock anybody if we're talking here Monday that Tyrod Taylor was the top scoring quarterback and Sammy Watkins the top scoring receiver? Not at all. When, it would surprise but, me for Tyrod. Uh, yeah, I like Tyrod, maybe. but I just you know again that the the whole Rex Ryan offense is just it's just so plain. You I know? just think he could. I just think he could pop too. It's also a revenge game, bro. So don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> revenge. How could I forget revenge? No, Tyrod QB one. Oh I have God. to adjust my rankings. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I oh, yeah. forgot about that. That is. The, the but in reality, I do think he could. He could. T- toss two touchdowns to Sammy Watkins and pop another one on the ground. Would, right. That wouldn't surprise me, but I think it's a little bit of like, like I love those two in DFS because I think they're going to go under owned with all right. these potential shootouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most likely it's going to be, you know, Andrew Luck and Dante Moncrief or one of those plays. 
When, all right. When the when the Bills' big three was all healthy last year, all on the field, McCoy, Watkins, and Tyrod, it was only 10 out of 16 games. They averaged 26.5 points points per game, which would have ranked fourth in the NFL That's last amazing. year. Wow. So, that is amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. When they're all healthy, they, they, can play. they, they click. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fun to see those kind of athletes out there playing together. Yeah, man. For also, sure. it's fun it to see Ty God having a commercial now. He's so. got a Toyota National commercial. Didn't, yeah. that feel, didn't that feel like a big win for all of us? I felt, I felt like we had something to do with it. Get this man a bobblehead. That's amazing. That is amazing. It's awesome. He's got a national commercial. Yeah, yeah. I saw it during the game last know, night. I, I was so fired up. I felt. I really feel like we had something to do with it. <laughs> I I think so. I I really feel like we were partially responsible. Uh, right, now we can get ourselves a national commercial. Let's get to Daily Dabs and get all out right. of here. <laughs> On that note. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Dabs and Hook. Give me dabs because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up dabs about dabs Daily Dap time. I always go last. Today, I shall go first. Daily Daps. Oh, power play. I know. Woo. Daily Daps to the Wiz Mama. Alex Gelhar's mom. Woo, yeah. Uh, came through with a season-starting cookie drop. Oh, boy. And, oh, my. They were on point yet again. And, you know, you got a, you got a whole new batch of converts out there, Wiz Mama. Oh, yeah. Well, Wes never had one last time, so he had one of the mint chocolate chip cookies and said it was one of the best cookies he's ever had in his he's life. He's ever had. Chris ever. Wessling dropped that. He said the mint choco cookie, one of the best ever. And I co-sign on that big time. Nice. I went to grab about a handful. Like I said, my march to 200 pounds is on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> march to 200, James Kell. Here we go. 200. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's make it happen. But, uh, no, daily daps to uh, Alex Gelhar's mom. Uh, the cookie drop was on point. And, again, you've got a new batch of converts as well. So there you go. All right, MG, give me a daily dap. Uh, quick one, quick. Uh, note here. Um, yes. Just dropped from the Twitter account of Armando Salguero, who okay. uh, is a beat writer for the Miami Dolphins. Adam Gase says Jay Ajayi might be inactive for Sunday. Whoa. No final Because he doesn't yet. play special teams. So there and you he go. needs his backup running backs to play special teams. There you go. God, uh, anyway, my, my daily dap is Narcos is back. Narcos. Season two of Narcos. Oh, did you uh, start it yet? Narcos. I watched the first episode. And for anybody who didn't watch the first season, I mean, go watch it. It is the story of Pablo Escobar, his rise to power it's in awesome. Colombia, and and the agents, uh, the EA agents who are trying to to bring him to justice. So, season two starts. I've watched the first episode. It looks like it's going to be amazing. I am amazed at how a guy who just as a singular human who has dad bod and wears cheap, cheesy, awful sweaters can instill such terror in people. And yeah, shout out to Wagner Mora, however you pronounce his name, is insanely good as Pablo Escobar. Really good, and on top of it is a guy who is, is Brazilian and didn't speak any Spanish, spoke only Portuguese, but had to learn Spanish to play Pablo Escobar and does just a phenomenal job with it. There you go. Cool. Boom. Franchise, hit me. Yeah, sure, I got two. So we were talking about uh, Jesse James earlier, the tight end on the Steelers. Yeah. So I just looked him up on Google real fast. Okay. Just a fun fact. Fun fact. Here we go. <laughs> both both his dad and his brother are named Rick James. <laughs> I'm Rick James. I'm Rick James. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. oh, damn, I got to say that. All right, now my my real dap goes out to the Bearded, bearded League yeah. that me and Harmon are a part of. We had our draft last Friday. Um, since yeah. then, so that was seven days ago. Yeah, there's been eleven trades in there. Eleven trades. <laughs> eleven. Wait, I think Harmon was draft. I think Harmon was part of one. Wait, yeah, I, eleven I, trades I that trade. went down or eleven trade proposals? Oh, just that went down. That what? have that have yeah. gone through. There have been. These I have guys, been. I have been shooting down trade offers left and right. Because yeah. I'm like, I just drafted this year. I did actually. I made one of them, but like, starting it's been insane. 
Mr. Conspiracy Theorist over there, every other oh. day, franchise oh. has been like, what's going on? They're colluding against us. They are not colluding. They are. Relax. They are. They are not. <laughs> They're trying to I take us know. down. Actually, but really, if you guys are, let me know. <laughs> Hey. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> I, I, it is it is funny how many trades. Eleven, it's crazy. These guys Bro, just came out of the gate on I fire. I might not see. I might not see eleven trades go down the entire year across five leagues. Yeah, I hate trading in general because I just feel like I'm bad at it, and I've got like I, I have separation anxiety, and I like want yeah, I, I abandonment issues, and right. Stuff like that. You get attached <laughs> to your guys. <laughs> I'm being a little. I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but like, but I'm not a big trader, so I don't even know if I've ever made eleven fantasy trades outside of dynasty. In my life. You joke about that, but Akbar once said that for real, and we had to remind him that Akbar, when you make a fantasy trade, those guys don't have to pick up and move to a new city. <laughs> but you know, he's a former <laughs> player, so like he's actually lived through that. Yeah, he gets it. All right, uh, Wizkid, give me one. Uh, I want to give a daily dap to one of my favorite bands, Against Me, releasing uh, a new album. I think it comes out on Tuesday. You could stream it for free on NPR earlier this week. It is called Shape. Future Employers NPR. <laughs> Your future employers NPR. It's called Shapeshift with Me, and it's pretty cool because. Before their last album, which was called Transgender Dysphoria Blues, the front man of the band, punk rock band with a bunch of albums, uh, came out as a transgender woman and underwent the procedure. So oh, wow. Thomas Gable to Laura Jane Grey. So this is the second album through there, and it kind of talks about a lot of the issues in that. But the band is still amazing, and uh, I, th- I really enjoyed the album on a first listen. I can't wait to dive into it more. But Against Me is a fantastic band that's had a lot of great albums. Probably the best live show I ever saw in my life was seeing them at like a – 200 300 person venue in madison wisconsin several years ago with my sister and one of my good friends but it's it's really cool and it's just interesting to have you know the front the former front man of a, a punk rock band which is such like something that's you know dripping with energy yeah, and yeah. ferocity absolutely and that's very cool to now be a transgender woman so i wonder if she was a fan of the x-men laura jean gray laura jane grace oh jane Grace. there is a rapper named jean gray though hmm. Hmm. Who, I am, who i am a fan of hmm. okay is uh is she a fan of the X-Men. She is. I'm sure she is. She is very – I follow her on Twitter. She's okay. very much in the comic books and entertainment oh, in general, so I'm sure. All right. There you go. Uh, by the way, Matt Harmon, you say the NPR is going to be your future. you got too much energy for NPR, brother. Welcome. I don't know. I didn't feel like it down a little bit. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here Welcome. We go. That's Welcome good. to the NPR Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> the <laughs> NPR Fantasy Podcast. All right, Matt Harmon, give me a daily dab. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of energy, um, that actually doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. I'm going to give a daily dap to a TV show that I've been watching, uh, Shameless. Uh, it's an older show that I think it was on Showtime, but it's on Netflix mm-hmm. right now. Really fun show. Um, not family friendly, so okay. don't let your children watch it. Right. Um, but it's it's an exciting uh, show. It's, it's details like... This family of I think six or Who's seven. Who's the lead kids? on there? William, uh, H. William H. Macy, and Emmy Rossum. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, he's basically like a drunk and just like insane. And then the, his oldest daughter is like trying to raise the family, and it's just like it's such a chaotic show, but also just very very real. And I, I dig that. Okay, there you go. By the way, quick update: Jay Ajayi yes. is now officially out. He was left back in Miami. Why? <laughs> Why? Coach's decision. Well, who's the backup? Uh, what? Isaiah Pete, I told you this is going to be a Pete? thing. Oh, gross. Or Damian Williams. The Jay Ajayi no, Kenyon train. Drake, huh? Just can, Kenyon we please, Drake? can we please get out of here? Oh, what? My. Yeah, Went off a cliff. All right, remember, NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free seven-day trial. NFL.com slash Fantasy to sign up your team today. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. See you.
Oh my God, it's Sam Jackson. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and he played for the Vikings. Like, yeah. I was like, that's Sam Jackson. It is Sam Jackson. That's what I thought. In the Carl Eller story. <laughs> oh my God. Why um, is Sam Jackson on Pro Football Reference? On the next football life. Sam Jackson. Samuel L. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.